So the Fast Company Innovation Festival is coming up. It's October 22nd to 26th right here in New York City. If you want tickets, you go to fastcompany.com slash festival. And right now, if you use the promo code FC Most Productive, you get 30% off your ticket price. We love all our listeners, and we want you to experience as much of Fast Company as possible. And this is definitely one of the best ways to do it, in addition to listen to our podcast. <laughs> one more time, that is fastcompany.com slash festival. Use the code FC Most Productive for 30% off your tickets. Hope to see you there. So I realized something the other day. I eat the exact same breakfast every day and wear essentially the same five or six outfits all the time. I haven't really planned it this way, but I think I might be inadvertently automating these parts of my life, maybe to cut down on the decisions that I have to make during the day. What do you have for breakfast, Kate? (laughs) I have half a bagel with peanut butter and a banana. For my first breakfast, I have two breakfasts. (laughs) I usually only have coffee. I don't really have breakfast, but I do eat the same thing for lunch every weekday. And on Sundays, I lay out all my work and exercise clothes for the week, down to socks and underwear. Wow. Um, And then I bulk cook dinner because I hate that feeling of coming home tired from work and then having to be like, oh, I have to figure out what I'm going to eat. And it just seems so overwhelming. And it takes a long time. Exactly. I just want to go home and eat an already hot meal or at least something that I can heat up in the microwave. And then, you know, I don't have to think about it. What a productive Sunday you have. (laughs) Well, it turns out we're addressing what psychologists call decision fatigue. So if you have to make a lot of like trivial little decisions all day long about like what to eat and what to wear, you won't have the mental willpower left to make important decisions later in the day. And we're definitely not the only ones who do this. Like, if you Google decision fatigue, you'll find lots of famous examples. Like, former President Obama used to say that he would always wear the same blue or gray suit so he could pare down the decisions he had to make and save his energy for bigger, important decisions that actually affect the world and the country we live in. (laughs) Mark Zuckerberg has also said the same thing. You know, he wears his famous gray T-shirt or hoodie or whatever it is. And lots and lots of other leaders echo the sentiment where they don't want to make kind of those kind of decisions. Yeah, so it's basically us, former President Obama and Mark Zuckerberg. We're all (laughs) doing something right. (laughs) Welcome to Secrets of the Most Productive People, a productivity podcast where we try to figure out how to work smarter instead of harder. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor Kate Davis. And I'm Fast Company Assistant Editor Anissa Purbasari Horton. This week, we're going to answer the question, can we improve our willpower? So before we dive into how to improve our willpower, I want to go back to the idea of decision fatigue because it's so closely tied to willpower. It's the idea that you start each day with a finite amount of mental capacity. And if we waste it on trivial things, then our willpower is weaker later in the day when we might need to focus on a big project or make big, important decisions. This has actually been proven. There's even been some studies that have shown, for example, judges give harsher rulings later in the day because they're more fatigued. It makes sense, the idea that we are fresher and have more willpower in the morning. And that kind of ties in with our episode last week where we talked about chronotype and how some people hit their peak in the mid-morning. 
It's also where some of the most common productivity advice come from, like the infamous eat the frog in the morning first thing. (laughs) Yes, eating the frog. It's so funny because we are so seeped in productivity advice that we hear weird phrases like that. And we're like, ah, yes, eat the frog. But most people have no clue what that means. I know. I just assume that I remembered, I think, saying it and people were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, what do you mean? You don't know. (laughs) You don't know. Eat the frog, clearly. So eating the frog comes from a Mark Twain quote about if you eat the frog first thing in the morning, then the rest of your day will be easy. It's just basically the idea that you should do the most difficult tasks on your to-do list early in the day and save more mindless stuff for later in the afternoon, like when you're in that like 3 p.m. slump. I've known that advice for a long time, but I had no idea it came from Mark Twain. Yes, Mark Twain, the bastion of productivity advice. Who knew? (laughs) I've always found that kind of frog analogy kind of a little bit weird because it's like, I don't know. Also, some people do eat frog's legs. You know, what if they like it? Then it might not be so hard (laughs) after all. They're like, treat yourself first thing (laughs) in the morning. With regards to what it's actually supposed to mean, I definitely tend to do my hardest task in the morning. But I will say I don't do the absolute most difficult task. I feel like I need to prime my brain a little Mm. bit first. So I get like one or two really quick things, even if it's just sending an email that says yes or no or knocking off something really easy. Yeah, it's like having those like early wins. Like, well, I've gotten something done. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then after I've successfully completed that, I do my difficult task. But I do notice that if I leave like a really big task until the afternoon, I'll either take twice as long to do it or I just won't get it done at all. Yeah, and it, I mean, it makes sense because like a lot of the productivity experts will talk about willpower like a muscle, that it's something that can get exhausted from overuse. The good news is that like just like a physical muscles, there are some researchers who believe that we might be able to strengthen our willpower by training it. I mean, yeah, to be honest, like a lot of the advice that we've seen is very, very similar to other productivity advice, like eat well, get enough sleep and get enough exercise. So one piece of advice about willpower that I've liked and that's it's really simple is kind of doing that self-affirmation to help you have more self-control when you feel like you're running out of it. According to a study published by the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, taking back control of a situation with using a phrase like, I don't instead of I can't has been shown to be more effective at helping you stick to what you want to do. Because every time you tell yourself, I can't, you're creating like this feedback loop that's a reminder of your limitations. It indicates to your brain that you're forcing yourself to do something that you don't want to do. So I found this to be really true and one of the biggest things that I've exerted willpower in in my life, one of the biggest things I've given up. I became a vegetarian when I was 12 years old. And it was an informed decision, and I thought a lot about it, and I was very committed to it. I said, I don't eat meat now. And it was a little difficult at first because it was a big change, but it's been over 25 years now, and it's just like second nature. It's just instead of telling myself I can't do something, it's just this is who I am. I don't. Wow, okay. You had a lot of willpower for a 12-year-old. <laughs> I was also very stubborn. <laughs> Stubbornness equals willpower. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting because I feel like I've definitely read another study that challenged the notion of this whole ego depletion, you know, decision-making mm-hmm. by night type study. And I think essentially they said that if you think that you have limited willpower, then you will have limited willpower. But if you kind of trick yourself and say that you have unlimited willpower, Mm. then you don't experience what psychologists call decision fatigue. But for me, I found this personally to be the most accurate when it comes to exercising. I'm currently training for a marathon and I'm following this specific program that literally is not a walk in the park. There is no (laughs) walk. It's all very nasty sprints and it definitely takes a lot more mental 
strength than yeah. physical strength because at some point when you keep running, you I think your legs just like stop kind of feeling the yeah. pain. I <laughs> can't. I numb. cannot imagine running a marathon, literally running the whole time. Oof. Yeah, I always have to kind of play these mind games with myself beforehand because there has been times when I'm like, I'm really tired. I'm not going to finish this, but then I make myself go anyway. But if I keep telling myself, I can't do this, I can't do this, I probably won't finish the workout. Like, I'll quit after 30 minutes. But if I tell myself, okay, I'm tired, but I won't quit because I don't quit, then I somehow just find the energy to pull through. And I don't think it's got anything to do with how tired I am. Like, yeah. There's been situations when I've been really tired and I should not have been able to do like a 90-minute run. But because I played the right brain yeah. <laughs> trick, I got myself through it. Yeah, I think both of our tactics are kind of different versions of the same thing. It's like telling yourself, I can't do it or I'm tired or I'm I'm going to fail anyways. They're just they're kind of self-fulfilling prophecies. And if you like, yeah, if you like fake it till you make it, if you like train your brain to, to believe that you can do something, it helps actually become true. Yeah, you just have to like trick your brain. You, whatever you decide usually comes through. Yeah, I've decided I cannot run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> to help us figure out the best way to build our willpower and how to approach making decisions, we're going to get advice from an expert who studies choice and decision making for a living. Sheena Engar is a professor at Columbia Business School and the author of The Art of Choosing. Sheena, I'm so glad that you could join us today. Thank you for having me today. So I understand your fascination of choice began with a personal experience during childhood. Can you tell us how that first got you interested in choice and decision making? I was born an Indian American blind girl. So the thing that was most on my mind at all times was what choices do I really have? What choices do I need to give up? What choices can I create? So it was always on my mind. Just wherever I would turn, choice was always there. And that's probably why I ended up studying choice. And I love it. It's probably the best choice I ever made. <laughs> yeah. And I know that you've done a lot of research on choice and decision making at a high level, you know, in terms of the cultural and psychological context. But I wonder if you could talk us through decision making as it relates to willpower and productivity. Where do you fall on the ego depletion debate? If you look at the research, if I let's imagine I have two people. And one person, and, and both people have to do a task for an hour. And one person looks at pairs of all kinds of things, pairs of shoes, different kinds of dresses. And each time they look at a pair, they have to make a choice versus another person just looks at the pairs and just has to note the information. It turns out that the person who had to make the choices is much more exhausted by the end of the hour. Now, that's what the research shows. I completely believe it. Because if you just think about your own life, if you go through a day where you're having to make choice, 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 add to that the further complexity of changing if tasks, so different kinds of choices, you are exhausted by the end of that day. So do you think inconsequential choices like what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, exhaust you to the point where you can't make bigger, more important decisions later in the day? I do think you have to be conscious about your day and you have to be conscious about what are the choices that most matter to you that day. And then, of course, there are some choices that are going to be fun and are just there for pleasantness, but you have to manage those. I mean, don't assume that endless amount of these trivial choices, even though they're pleasant, are going to be fun. I love chocolate, but if you gave me 
200 different kinds of flavors of chocolate right now. By the time I get to about 100, I'm exhausted. It's no longer fun. I also remember um, reading another research that shows that sometimes willpower is really dependent on if you think that your decision-making ability is reduced. So what do you say to people who have that point of view? Because as you pointed out, um, the research shows that we do lose uh, decision-making capability over time. Well, you get tired. And when you get tired, you make mistakes. If I recognize that this is actually something really, really important, and it's something that I really don't want to make a mistake on, then if I'm tired and somebody now throws a monkey wrench into my plan, I do fight the urge to yell out or say, no, 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 it doesn't matter. Let's just do it. I fight that urge and delay. You delay making that decision. We do have an infinite capacity for information gathering and for making creative choices But you do need to be cognizant of when to be patient and when to give yourself that delay. The other thing that I'm always very cognizant of is before you're about to do something important, never, never, never allow your brain to be filled with trivial details. You will screw up. I need to have my brain completely clear. Only focus on what I'm about to do for at least 30 minutes, more like an hour. Yeah, I know that you've said before, I think it was in a video on Big Thing, you really manage how many decisions you make at a time. Yes. Can you elaborate on how you manage that? And I'd love for you to take us through how do you decide what decision is important or not worth thinking in depth about? So that is probably something that I do almost every day, whether it be consciously or subconsciously. I do make the choice every day as to which choices are really important for me to make. So the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I have my cappuccino. By the way, I never deviate my breakfast. So in that sense, it's a fixed choice, which I no longer have to think about. It's a routine. I choose what clothes I'm going to wear for the week on Sunday. I'm not going to be bothered with that decision every single morning. I'm not going to dither over that. That seems like a trivial thing to lose cognitive energy over on a weekday when there are more things, more important things to worry about. When you want it to be a fun choice or when you want it to be a serious choice, I recognize that means you have to make it effortful. So you have to be mindful of which decisions every day you just want to put on autopilot. That way you have the rest of your day meant for the things that matter most to you. And every day I pay attention to my to-do list. What are the big goals that I need to accomplish today? Is there a way that if you are depleted and you are exhausted or just if you have a big goal that you want to stick to that you can kind of train yourself to have more willpower? There are a few tricks that you can do. Keep in mind, every time you put temptation in your way, to fight it takes energy. So you change your habits, remove those temptations, it'll be easier. So there are some forms of willpower that just comes from realizing you got to remove the, the temptation. There's some willpower which comes from just your recognizing that the benefits will outweigh the costs and highlighting those benefits. So for example, I hate exercise. I really do. But I love being able to say fit in my favorite dresses. And so if you highlight for me how good I feel and I 
maybe become a little bit of a narcissist when I'm wearing the dress that I really like that inflates in my brain so that I'm more likely to go and exercise, right? And I'll make that a more pleasant activity. The more you can make those activities pleasant, that'll increase your willpower. Yeah, all of those things make sense. And it sounds and like we were talking earlier, like a lot of our, the things that we've worked with our willpower on, mine with being a vegetarian and Anissa with exercise have been kind of those sorts of, of things. Yeah, so if we are talking about someone who has to make a lot of decisions every day, what are some tips and tricks you could recommend so that they can keep their mind sharp and they can learn to identify what are trivial decisions and what are big decisions? Because it's sometimes when it's, you know, life decisions, it's easy to identify, but when it's work decisions, it might be harder to identify what's a big decision and what's not a big decision. The first thing in the morning, the reason why I always have my coffee in peace is because I have to think about my to-do list for the day and what's really important and what's not as important. And I make that list about three or four things because you can't make it so many that you have to keep consulting your list to remind yourself of what was important. It has to be something that's easy to come to mind. Once you have that, yes, there are days when I will be booked with meetings. And let me tell you something, there's nothing more exhausting than having unrelated meetings stacked on your schedule. Whenever possible, put like meetings together, one after the other. It's cognitively less challenging. Whenever possible, you should put a 15-minute break in between meetings. Just resets your brain before your next meeting. Also, I don't feel that I need to make every single decision. I'm perfectly content delegating out. I will say, you know what, just use your best judgment. And sometimes I delegate out some pretty important decisions and I'll say, you know what, boil this down to your top three options and then come back to me. Right. So you help someone with their process of decision making rather than making a decision for them. Yeah, I feel like everybody should get empowered to do that. It'll make my life easier because they'll give me options that perhaps I didn't think of. And, you know, it'll also make the choosing process easier for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When do you have kind of when you make big decisions, do you only make them at certain times? I am one of those people that perhaps makes my best decisions first thing in the morning. For me, the morning time is my cognitively best time. I'm my most efficient at doing small tasks in the afternoon. If you want to catch me, you know, shooting the breeze and generally, you know, being creative, but not really focused, catch me at night when I'm drinking a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) So I have this problem a lot. Say I, you know that something's a big decision or it's an important decision, but you just can't decide between two, two options. How do you, for like a a chronically indecisive person, what can they do when faced with a big decision? If you're truly debating between two things, And you really don't know which one is the dominating alternative. And that, to me, says that maybe you need to be looking for a third option. So, yes, I'm a strong believer in limiting your choice. But part of the reason why I'm a believer in limiting your choice is because I'm trying to create more space in your brain to be creative about creating choices that are meaningful. I mean, that's the whole point, right? So that if you are truly conflicted, Now, whether it's, should I take this job or that job, buy this house or that house, choose to marry this person or that person, (laughs) the fact that you are so conflicted makes me wonder if you need to be generating another option. 
I like it. It's a totally different way to think about things. I'm always like, oh, we'll make a list of pro and cons. And, and then they end up being like equal amount of pro and cons. Now, now, look, I mean, there are limits to what I'm saying. I mean, should you have a child or not? I mean, I suppose you could still get creative and talk about adoption or something like that. But there are obviously some things that are zero sum. I would say that if you are truly conflicted, unless there's some urgent reason to make a decision, I wouldn't choose. That's exactly what I was talking about earlier, delay. And understand that whatever choice you make, you know, it may work out. It may not work out. I mean, the truth is that when you're about to make a choice, look at the best case scenario, look at the worst case scenario, assume neither will happen. It'll be somewhere in the middle. And as long as you're willing to live with it, just choose. You can't do more than that from choice. You cannot ensure that there's going to be the best outcome. Yeah, that makes me think of a of a line I always tell myself. is like, nothing is ever as good or as bad as you think. Exactly. For someone who wants to train their willpower or, like, doesn't know where to start in terms of figuring out what decision to automate, what's the best place to start? Here's what I do with the MBA students. I have them do two very important tasks. One is I ask them, what do you want to accomplish in one year and five years and ten years? It's important for you to keep track of your priorities because that will zero in on your everyday tasks so that you know which choices are more important, which choices are less important per day. I also tell them that on average per day, over 50% of the decisions you're going to make are going to be made in nine minutes or less. Only about 10 or 15% of the decisions that you make in a given day are you going to dedicate an hour or more of your time. And the most important question you should be asking yourself is, are the right things making it into your nine-minute versus your one-hour category? You should be crossing out all the stuff that you really should be delegating. The next thing you need to do is, what are those things that you really need to make routines around so they become small decisions? And then, what are those things, those three to five things that really are your value added? You are going to be known for those things. And those are the things that belong in your one-hour category. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. It's a good way to, to structure things and think about things. Thank you so much for joining us. This is really helpful. Thank you. Take care. Well, it looks like we're doing it right when it comes to minimizing decisions. I, I love that, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I just feel validated. I'm doing everything right. I did love how she said she lays out her clothes on Sunday. Yeah, so same I was as like, you. Yes, I do that. <laughs> so now I feel very validated in that approach. I can't believe it's never occurred to me if I can't decide between two big things to come up with a third option. I have all of these different methods. Like sometimes I will literally put them in a hat, like make the two oh things. Oh, my God, and really? Like reach and I, like, I, cause I'll get paralyzed by like really big decisions sometimes. Honestly, never occurred to me like, well, maybe there's a third option. But I mean, she's right. There's some things that there it is a zero-sum game. You do have to do one or the other. Whenever I face any conflicting decisions or I'm really confused between two outcomes. I just don't make a decision. And I'm like, well, I clearly don't want any of these bad enough. Uh, yeah, I love that, that one of the examples was like, who to marry? I'm like, ooh, that sounds like something off of like a, yeah, like a soap opera. I've never got to the point where it was like two people to marry. But I know. So the, yeah, the one thing where she was, where we were talking about like, well, what do you do if, you know, priorities are coming in all the time at you and it's not like a set list of priorities? And I think what was helpful that she said for that is is that ability to to realize when you can delegate things out. 
Because she's right. Not only does it take some of the stress off of you, but it, it helps the other person build skills and empower them more and, and think things through their, their problems. Like, you don't really teach anybody anything when it's like, here, I'm telling you what to do. Yeah. I mean, I will say that now. Um, so I used to do this and started doing it again as I've been kind of getting more and more kind of reactive work was on my to-do list. I, I have color codes for like things that I need to do today, things that I should do today and things that I could do today. Mm. So like for me, when something comes in and you know that the deadline is not really a real deadline um, and sometimes the deadline is, I try and be like, okay, is it a should do? Is it a could do? Mm -hmm. Or is it a must do? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's helpful in like helping identify how much of a priority all of the the unplanned things are. This is the reality, right? If you want to do something well, then part of the decision is also realizing what what's is worth giving up. Yeah. yeah, and what's worth doing well, yeah. Yeah. And that's it for this week's episode of Secrets of the Most Productive People. You can find articles about willpower and decision fatigue in the notes for this episode. Have you figured out tricks for strengthening your willpower? Do you have an example of a way that you've managed to still make good decisions throughout the day? Let us know using the hashtag FCMostProductive. Join us in two weeks when we'll be talking about how to feel less busy with author and time management coach Laura Vanderkamp. And in the meantime, you can follow Fast Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn in the show notes below. And don't forget to listen to our other podcast, Creative Conversation with Casey Afini. Secrets of the Most Productive People is produced by Shannon Burner. Thanks. See you next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>